All right, welcome back to the Pro Trying News Podcast. If this is your first time listening, this podcast was originally designed for us to talk about the inner workings of the professional triathlon field, everything involved with that, and all the drama that comes with it. Today is April 7th. We're leading into the race in Galveston. We do have a special guest. Yep, here we are. It's the yo, 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 big unit on Pro Tri News, bringing in all the hot facts, all the hot takes, all the smack talk. Let's do it, baby. Hey, here we go. Sam, what a treat. I think I think the first three pods, we've mentioned your name. So it was only appropriate that for podcast number four, we brought you in to just, you know, come in for this week's triathlon news. And we're, we're thrilled to have you on. Yeah, totally. I mean, uh, I didn't even really know the podcast had started until I got people uh, sending it to me. <laughs> they were like, "Well, you got to <laughs> you you got to come in and regulate these guys, man. They're they're throwing shade." So, no, in all seriousness, no no shade thrown. We're just calling it like we see it. You throw, I mean, you're known for just throwing down massive massive days whether it's have you have you done any you've got to do a crazy swim across some big body of water. Oh, you know, swimming. I just like to get the swimming done nice and focused and, and be out of the water. You're not doing any like uh, English Channel or anything like that that we don't know about? No, I mean, honestly, it would be cool to do one day, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just not at the level required. I mean, those guys are like collegiate level swimmers and they, you have to be like two. I mean, I'm the big unit, but you got to be like 230 pounds to do. You got to have some you got to have some blubber on you. Some some. Yeah. And you're yeah. you're. Yeah, you don't fit that. You're you're pretty lean and fit. So what um just tell us about the big ride you did the last week though, for anybody that's new to it. Yeah, yeah. You're talk referring to the big, big ride, right? The two hundred and thirty mile yeah, ride, not the hundred and yes. fifty or hundred and sixty mile. Yeah, miles. not nothing dude, hundred and fifty for you, man, that's just like Tuesday. You know, yeah, we wanna hear about the, the we wanna ride. hear about the the big big um, one. So I'm actually I'm not allowed to disclose too much. Um all oh, is it coming? Is it? It's yeah, Because yeah. it's a project. It's a future it's a project. project. Um, all I'll say okay. is basically it was me. It was uh, Ben Hoffman. It was Heather Jackson, um, and it was this local guy Gil, um, and we all cool. teamed up with Envy. Um, the three of us pro triathletes yep. were sponsored by Envy. We teamed up. Yep. Um, Kenny and Wadi got in the van and they filmed it. Um, and it, it involved two border crossings. It involved uh, fifty miles of dirt in Mexico. It involved me face planting. Um, yeah, it was rad through cartel and territory. You, and and you were you were in the straight sticks. So you were on the TT bike, or were you on your road bike? Uh, yeah, TT bike. So it was. I mean, what would that be? It was 170 miles of TT, and it was 60 miles of gravel. <laughs> um, yeah, and and coming home, we ran out of daylight, so it was full on TT mode at like you know 300 plus watts. Okay, so roughly, can you give us like a when and where we'll be able to watch that? Um. Yeah, I'd say like. Within the next week. Um, okay, that's out, soon. It'll come out the week after Galveston, within the Sunday Sweet. after Galveston. Um, it's going to be on Envy's YouTube channel, um, and it'll be a premiere, and me, Sweet. HJ, Ben, uh, we'll all be on answering questions. So it, it's pretty cool. It's kind of the new front of uh, sponsorship, I think, doing actual projects, not just like, hey, I'm sponsored by Envy, but yeah. I'm a badass, and I ride for Envy, and uh, we crush We're going to do something ride. cool. Okay, then okay, we'll get into the show, but I've got one more question about a big ride that you did because I do I do follow you on Strava. Now I think last summer you did a ride from was it Crested Butte to Boulder? Yeah, exactly. So to be honest, that ride put pretty much any other ride I've ever done to shame. This thing was an absolute behemoth. Um, yeah, I rode from Crested Butte. It was two hundred and forty miles. It was nineteen thousand feet of elevation gain. I did it on the summer solstice. Uh, I was up basically. Oh, you did it. On- yeah, well, it was one day. It was one day early. It was June twentieth. Um, 
my parents, I was up kind of for vacation. Obviously there was no racing. My parents went back. I wanted to spend a few more days there. And they were like, well, how will you get home? And I said, oh, I'll ride my bike home, you know? And so I, <laughs> I came up with the route I like, and I just winged it. No, there was no support vehicle. So not having support makes it way harder. Of course, um, yeah. Of course, I was up there and it was nice, but I, I started at the absolute crack of dawn. So it was like 34 degrees and I was in summer gear. So I remember yeah. stopping on the side of the road, putting my, putting my hands in the pants to warm up the fingers and doing oh jumping God. jacks on the side of the road the first like hour and a half. on the few stops of that. But <laughs> and, and do you... The route was okay, like not too much traffic. It was okay to ride on, or was it there a couple points where it was a little dodgy? No, it was it was probably one of the best bike routes all the way around that I've ever done. Um, on most of the front range through Colorado, there they've got bike paths that connect everything, so a lot of it actually didn't even have cars. Um, I guess the other cool feature about that ride was I went over the Continental Divide twice, so I went over twelve thousand feet twice. Um, <sighs> And then, uh, yeah, I did like a two mile gravel section that was 18% that I actually had to walk a bike up. Um, and that was, that was 210 miles in that was, I almost quit then. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, look, we're getting, we're getting, we're getting notes, we're we're getting notes from our producer that we're getting too far off topic, but well, it was, I'm just trying to bring the audience in here. So yes, Sam, you, you've, you've intrigued a, a great amount of people and that's awesome. So yeah, we're excited to hear you hit the news today. Sweet. Let's get after the news. The biggest news was probably yesterday from Iron Man. So I don't know how Sam felt. I think Sam might have been a little bit like all of us. We were kind of excited to see what they're announcing, if they're announcing like moving the race or or switching up, doing two days for Kona and things like that. I personally wasn't expecting them to announce a sponsor. I was expecting something else. I don't know if you guys were looking forward to Sam, did you have any thoughts? Did you see this? Did you know this was going on, or what? What were you? Th- what were you thinking? I so I got I basically got an email from them. I didn't even see the sponsor. I must have just glanced over that. The only thing I saw was that they made seventy point three Cozumel uh, a two day race. Males go one day, females <laughs> go the next day. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, we've got pretty much no announcements of importance coming from those guys these days. <laughs> so if you didn't see it, yeah, they, they announced Super Sapien is the title sponsor Look. for Kona for this year. Okay. I'm wearing it. Is that what you got on? I'm Are you wearing, wearing it, Pat? I'm wearing it. Yeah, I'm learning all kinds of stuff. Well, maybe that's uh, a good step. Maybe that means Kona's like happening if they're announcing the title sponsor. Yeah, new, yeah I mean, nice. Maybe. I mean, always yeah. cool Always cool to get title sponsors for a race. I think we were, you know, looking back, Kyle, we, we were probably a little too excited about what could what could be happening with it. I got We got really fired up about the potential two-day format or, you know, something else. But Moving the venue or things like that, yeah. Yeah. The only thing that does make me nervous is as of midnight Central Standard Time today, Ironman Australia did get postponed yep. and moved to September. Um, There's a really bad flood season this year in New South Wales. Wow. Um, so there was a lot of stories. Uh, Steph with Wits Up actually posted about it, and that's how I found out the news. So um, that's where I get a good source of my my stuff from what's happening down under. Yes. So yeah. Um, yeah, that was kind of a bummer to see that, but... Sam, so things outside the triathlon world that are outside our control. Now, Sam, you earned a slot in Florida last year, didn't you? So actually, no, I earned a spot in uh, 2019 uh, Ironman Chattanooga, which I won. So I've still got that spot. I would have earned a spot as well at Florida, but but um, okay, yeah, it's kind of crazy that I still. And do you have an idea or a concept of like are there's? 
I mean, with with races being delayed and canceled, there is a there is a world where there's going to be like leftover slots. Do you have any feelings or thoughts on what should happen with the with the extra slots? Are they going to just roll down at the races that do happen, or what do you think is a I hate to use the word fair, but what is a fair scenario to create to just get a full start list in Kona? Yeah, I mean, my personal opinion is you still got to make everyone earn it. Um, yeah. Obviously, they've sort of already granted exceptions if you're a world champion. Uh, for example, with Gustav Eden, it, they said if you've won 70.3 worlds, you don't even have to validate, which I think is cool. You know, it's if you've won 70.3 yeah. worlds, by all means, get on the Kona start list. But uh, I actually, I would be okay if it was a slightly smaller field. Um, yeah. It'd be hard to sort of say, oh, how do we roll it down? Do we, do we just go down these ranking systems? Or do we start giving slots and then all of a sudden... You know, twelfth place at an Ironman might get a slot or something. I know. Um, so I, I, I think it'd be fine if it was. I mean, I don't know, maybe thirty-five or forty people instead of fifty. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. The difference between thirty-fifth and fiftieth at Kona is like everybody's walking at that point yeah. <laughs> to, to bring it in. So like, we'd be okay. We'd be okay if it was cut down to thirty-five. Um, I'm, I'm assuming I trust that you're, are you going to go to, you're going to Kona yep, in October? Yep, yep. I'll be there. Um, and so, okay. and, uh, 70.3 worlds in St. George. So. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. And obviously it's a really convenient year when both world championships are back on, on us soil. So you'll, you'll, you'll take advantage Easy of that. Travel. Yeah. I mean, the only inconvenient thing is this, this so-called Collins cup that we've now got apparently this year, which I think is like August 28th. So if you're in the U S you have to basically travel to Slovakia six weeks before Kona, um, and then yeah. travel back. I, and then, yeah, it's a little, I, I, the timing of that event, uh, I would question a bit, but sure. So we've, I guess the, on the first episode or maybe the second one, we were a little bit critical of the Collins Cup and probably trying to understand and explain it from like brands caring about it, right? Like does Argon 18, for instance, and I'm using, don't, don't say their opinion, but does Argon 18 care if you even go to Collins Cup or would they rather have you perform at 70.3 Worlds or Kona? You know, and I said, I said the Collins yeah, yeah. Cup seems to be in this weird tug of war where I'm... I'm very inside baseball with triathlon and I'm confused and I have a hard time understanding is winning the Collins cup, something that you strive to do. Is that important for you? Obviously the the PTO is making a massive investment, but the race that they're focusing it around seems the the format is confusing to me. Yeah. So I guess this is why you brought me on the show to get the, uh, the brash viewpoints here. But, um, yeah, and first I'll say the PTO, great for the sport, what they're doing. Yeah, of course, but, uh, of course. I would say most sponsors and most pros, uh, right now we don't honestly care about this event uh, at all yeah. in comparison yep. to 70.3 Worlds or Kona. Um, it's really just a hindrance. Um, there's actually no winning this event. Um, essentially, you get paid for appearance bonuses once you get there, and then you race You race two other athletes in uh, parentheses um, for money that's already been paid to you so sure i i personally think they actually need to rethink it a little bit um it's also the world rankings are kind of they've gotten so out there in the clouds um they also put them out yesterday and they deleted them today so something clearly wasn't right with them (laughs) okay Um, i didn't that they did that um that uh i think most pros are just put off so um yeah they made a lot of right steps last year but i think they've made a little bit of a misstep with how they've gone about the collins cup so far yeah and i guess like i think about it from a from a the brand excitement that i saw around daytona which really filled in as like i'll call the pto championship last year there were so many brands that were coming to me that were like that that race was amazing that to keep doing that like that format 
seemed so awesome. And I would just love if they rallied around that and kept that going. So, you know, I just, that's, that's where I left it. And I just was like, okay, this is cool. If we're going to do a race in Slovakia, the venue's cool, but I'd love to just see it as a straight up 70.3. Totally. Exactly. I think the other complicated, yeah, the other complicated thing is, is there's really no racing going on anywhere else in the world right now, except for the United States and Australia. Yep. Yeah. And so it's, I mean, is it even going to happen? Yeah. Five months away yeah. now. Yeah. So yeah. the big yeah. thing is, is, is it going to happen in five months? Yeah. yeah, I agree. I would love to see that kind of money put up for 70 point for a half distance race or full distance race, but where you actually have to go and race um, and make great coverage. Um, but also you have to understand Kona is the Holy Grail. Um, I know. I, I don't think we're going to see guys like Jan uh, want to sacrifice trying to win a fourth Kona. Um for being the team international, the team Europe, Collins Cup captain. I just don't yeah. think we're going to see that, but maybe we will. Yep. Yep. Far out. Okay. We'll see. All right. Next thing on our show notes uh, was a formal apology to Sam Long for <laughs> our last couple episodes. <laughs> Sam, do you forgive us for uh, kind of being a little critical of your training? Yeah, I forgive you. Um, I actually thought it was good because you've gotten me really fired up for Galveston. So um, I actually <laughs> owe you guys a thank you. We did there. see your post today. It was, I think, it was kind of directed towards us about your sea race happening this weekend. Oh in Galveston, so. man! Yeah, yeah no, you're directly directed towards you guys. Uh, <laughs> you're you're well, a real. There's, there's you're a real sport between, between yeah. PTN and Sam. So no, thank you for giving us something to speak about. So no, it's been we're we're absolutely thrilled that you're on today. What um, give us your opinion of what have you raced Galveston before? Kyle, can we go into Galveston now? Well, yeah, let, let me give you an opinion. Galveston. Can we talk about my training for a minute? That way we can... Let's do it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, up. no, that'd be amazing. Yeah, we, we, we need to know. Yeah. We need to know. Because I know you... I listened and I know you guys were like, oh, well, well, what sort of is the Ryan Bolton philosophy? And I guess the first thing I'd start off with is I'm just... I'm a bit of a different athlete. Um, the loads I can handle, um, my injury resiliency, my energy levels um, are pretty uncommon amongst elite pros. Um I, I, if you actually look, I've never been injured um, since I've been a professional, um, and I've trained more or less the way I trained for five years. Um, and so, yeah, Ryan's, it's just a heavy aerobic foundation. Um, I guess it's a little bit different than what you would say. It's sort of the, the heavily periodized model where you do zone one, zone two, or you do threshold or zone five. Um, we do a lot of zone three training, um, and we do a lot of aerobic just high-end aerobic training. Um, and that fits in with where my development is. I started a sport when I was 18. So we're still really, I'm, I'm still, I view myself as a developmental athlete and we're just building that cardio base. There will be a time and a place where I sharpen up like most other athletes. But for now, I just want to get the biggest engine on any start line on the planet. So I guess that's kind of the goal. Yeah, that's the big thing is, is you're really young, like 25, right? Yeah, but, but exactly. Unlike uh, Rudy Vonberg or... Gustav Eden or all these other top pro, young pros you see, they, they started at 11 or 12. Um, I started, I literally started this sport at 18. Yeah. Yeah. And Sam, I think, you know, just watching what you do, what I've really found is that you seem to have a real joy and a passion for those, like we'll call them big event days, right? Where you're doing a ride from Crested Butte to Boulder or when you're doing these massive runs, I see a lot of joy in you training. And that's something that I look at and I go like, look, the guy seems happy. Let him do the big days. Like let, you know, go, go for it, man. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I love doing those and that's why, uh, 2020 was a perfect year to do some epic stuff like that. Cause there was no racing. 
I don't think you'll see me doing much more of these 230 mile rides this year. Um, I, I was actually pretty hesitant to do this one two weeks ago because I was like, I'm racing a 70.3 in two weeks. Um, but this was actually an instance where coach Ryan said like, Hey, I really want you to do this. Like it's good for your aerobic foundation. It's a good mental stimulus for you. Um, and I said, okay, the boss, the boss says yes, but that was actually the ride. The, that was the time I've wanted to do 200 miles, the least of any time in my life, to be honest. Yeah. So just because I've, I've got a bike riding background, can you give the audience a little inside look into what it looks like to be Sam Long's bicycle mechanic? How often are you change? How often yeah. are you changing tires and burning through chains and bearings and that kind of stuff? Yeah. So thankfully, uh, the shirt I'm wearing, Ice Friction, um, they're kind enough. They pay for all my mechanical support in Boulder from a guy called Michael Gavigan. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm going through tires, a lot of tires. <laughs> it's a big pain, um, and I'm washing the bikes a lot. And uh, I did it for a while on my own, and and my bikes all turned into just like a complete mess because I just couldn't do it on my own. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Gav, Gav is, is world-class bike mechanic. So you've got, you've got somebody in your court that's taking great care of you. Exactly. So it's awesome. I basically bring my bikes in whatever. I've got three bikes I ride all the time and I'm basically bringing in <laughs> each bike once a month and saying, give it whatever it needs. <laughs> wow. Fantastic. Okay, cool. Let's, all so right, let's set the scene. Let's set the scene for this weekend. Big race this weekend. So we have 70.3 Texas. It's a point to point swim in the Gulf of Mexico. Obviously, it's going to be wetsuit legal, as it always is, um, so get, really give some of the, the lesser swimmers a chance for some free speed. Out and back bike course, and then three loops on the run. Um, the bike and the run are very flat, but Galveston is a windy place, um, so as of right now, it looks like it's going to be a tailwind going out on the bike, and then a headwind all coming back. Um, we have massive start list. There's 61 males racing. Um Sam, you don't have to tell us your game plan or anything like that. Um, I'm assuming that your goal is to come out of the water with Andreas Dreitz, Lionel Sanders, all the strong bikers that are going to be able to help pull up. Um, the interesting thing is going to be seeing how Joseph Gipper swims, because we obviously know he's a strong biker. Magnus Ditliff, he's racing as well on the start list. And uh, so it's going to be really cool to see all of the strong cyclists in the sport on the male side to actually like throw down some fast freaking times on the bike. Yeah, totally. I mean, to be honest, I'd be, and I know the conditions are maybe going to be tough on the bike, but, uh, I'd actually be a little bit surprised if, if we don't collectively break the bike course record, um, just with how much firepower we have on the start list. Um, a little bit more on the swim dynamics there. Um, Andreas Dreitz, uh, historically swims a little bit faster than guys like Lionel or myself. Um, and same with Magnus swims a little bit faster. So I think we'll probably have to bridge up slightly. Um, but even then it's a small gap and, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess we'll see where Joe Skipper is. And, and obviously Lionel and myself, um, we came out literally, uh, about, we were basically touching each other when we came out of the water at Daytona, but, uh, we've both been working hard. So I guess we'll see if one of us has improved more than the other, but, uh, I predict either way, we're kind of going to see all of us get together on the bike. And if you come out a little behind, you're just going to have to burn some, burn some matches to get on that group because that is not going to be one a group uh you want to miss it but it's also uh for everyone else it's not going to be a group that uh <laughs> that you want coming past you but i think it's going to be happening and no not at all so we talked when we talked this weekend sam it was going to be basically ben canute has a chance to win the race but if he doesn't go wire to wire he's not winning this race yeah i, I would basically 100 percent agree with that 
Sam, have you done this race before? No, I've never done it. So yeah, I guess that's a slight disadvantage. But uh, do you normally do Oceanside instead of this race? Yeah, for some reason. Although I've I've always sucked at Oceanside. So uh, basically, last year I said, "Oh, I'm never doing Oceanside again," and I'm going to start doing <laughs> seventy point three Galveston. Um, but uh, then it, it hasn't happened. And then I tried to go and do it in November as well, and it also got canceled. So <laughs> yeah. And and what is the you know we spoke about this in our very first episode. Uh, these races now, when they're, when we go to a schedule that's so condensed, and I mean, d- never in a world that I think Ironman Galveston would have 61 entrants in the male category. What does it feel like? What does it mean for you to race these? Like, I mean, it's no secret Galveston is a tier three or a tier four race in normal circumstances, but this almost feels like a tier one seventy point three. Like it feels like a cool race. Do you have that same feeling going into it? Yeah, so my coach and I were actually just talking about this uh, right before we got on, because um, c- how we've set it up, it's a tier three race in my schedule, um, because yep. you know Tulsa and St. George, um, they're just farther off. But I promise yeah, you, when, of we get, when we get to St. George and Tulsa, they are going to be much bigger than this race. Um, yep. And then when we get to Kona, it will be much bigger. So he's still set the year up th- that way. But every field is just so stacked these days. It's like once it's race week it's i mean it's a full-on race um yeah just it's a yeah. full on, it's a full-on race for thirty thousand dollars total prize purse which is that's exit which yeah. is a disgrace unfortunately but it is yeah but it, it feels but it still feels like this year there's like big time bra- much bigger bragging rights for winning galveston in 2021 than there was in 19 absolutely yeah i mean yeah I, it, it's for sure the biggest start field this race has ever seen yeah and probably yeah, cool. ever will see right yeah. right right no it's just at, it's at, Besides cr- 2012, when Lance Armstrong raced, <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that when he, did he do it? Cool. Yeah, Lance did it in 2012. Me and Talbot went down for that race, and Tim O'Donnell actually won the race that year. And I believe Chris Lieto got second. Um, Sebastian Keenley, I think, got third. This was like very, very, very early on in in Tim and uh, Sebastian's career. So it was my first triathlon to ever watch, like live. Uh, and that's kind of what Sam, got me Sam, can you give us just a little, just because we've got a real life professional on the show today, can you give us a little look of like what a successful race would look like for you? Like, what are you looking to achieve this weekend? If you know, if you win or don't win, like what, what will the, what's a successful like process that you're looking to pull away from? Or is that, is that going too much into the plan? You can, you can decline the question. If no, you'd no, like. that's not going too much uh, into the plan. Um, I mean, I guess the ultimate success at this race would be winning. Um, yep. To be honest, I don't really have a race plan. The race plan is to do what I can to win the race. Um, yep. So I guess, <laughs> I guess I told you my whole plan and no, it's... Um, yeah, I mean, I've got wattage goals that I'll focus on, on the, on the bike, but, uh, even on the run, we've seen times very, I look, I was looking it up. We've seen times vary from low one tens, um, what it took to win the race, like in 2013, I want to say 2015, maybe yep. or fast times. The last few years, this race has been won with one sixteens, one seventeens, because the bike is sure. so hard. So hard. So it's like, if you're looking at your watch on the run, going, "Oh, I need to run one ten to win the race," you know, that's I think that's five five fifteens, five twenties, uh, yeah, one seventeens to win the race. That's that's five fifties. I mean, that's a huge difference. So there's no watch on the run. It's just going. What do I need to do to basically to win or or to get a podium or just to fight for each place and and i'm also i mean i realize there's guys that are a lot more accomplished than me on the start list um and so trying to take them down i guess is is a big challenge and then just i think another thing to not look past is everyone's been doing the 
two challenge races, the Challenge Daytona and Challenge Miami, which aren't a true 70.3. So this is the first true yeah. 70.3 yeah, that these right. guys have done. And Yeah, I'll give you guys a little fact. I know you guys will like this fact. So if I win, this, if I win this race, I will have won um, all of the half-distance races, 70.3 races uh, in North America over a one-year period. Wow. wow okay because <laughs> okay, you won you won Pressure. cosmel and right? i won so bear lake cosmel. yep those were the only and two that, yep. Yep. that happened since okay so April. you're current okay you're undefeated um get just because i'm a tech guy what advice can you give to the age groupers are you going to bring a disc wheel and something and you know like a different deep wheel and, and maybe pull the disc if it's too windy or will you go disc no matter what yeah, that's a good question. For me, just no matter what. Um, I'm just because you're big. Just because you're bigger. Yeah, I'm bigger. Uh, in Boulder, Colorado, in the winter, we we literally, I've had days this winter, I was riding in 40, 50 mile per hour winds, and I, and I train on 80 millimeter wheels. Yeah. I was blown around, so I don't expect any problems. Um, unless if it was that. like, I, the only problems I expect would be problems, but they would cancel the race before I would have problems in that type of wind. With, with um, pulling the disc wheels, sure. But I, I wouldn't say age groupers should should follow what I do. Um, I wouldn't even say a lot of the female pros should follow what I do. A lot of it's just yeah. based off weight and just the, more, rough the weight. more power you're pushing into the pedals, the more connected you are to the ground actually. So, and, uh, are you, yeah, you got the big, wheel do you, could be good for people. Do you have the big plate on? Are you going to rock the 58 or what, what are we, where are we sitting? Yep, 58. That? Yep. And <sighs> if we've got a big tailwind, I promise you that that will come, uh, that will be a factor. If it, you'll if be using got, it. Yeah. If, yeah. No, if you got a big, if you've got a Texas tailwind, yeah, you'll definitely be, you'll be down the stack for sure. So exactly. Kyle, who, who Sam, who's not on your radar or who's on your radar. That's not on our radar that I didn't mention as a heavy hitter. Oh, uh, Matt Hansen. I don't think he mentioned Matt Hansen. Um, all right, yeah. right. That he's on the radar. I mean, the race, I don't think will play out super well for him because he's going to have to make a decision to either overbike or, you know, he might lose seven minutes, but have to try and run a one ten. Um, yeah. but we saw him do it at Daytona. So I think he's, I think he's fit and definitely someone that I'm thinking about for this race. And I do believe he did run a one ten when he won the race. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, um, also, yeah. So actually, uh, I wasn't sure if Magnus was coming, um, but I've been told he's, he's going to make it. So I think he could be, be a factor. Um, we haven't seen him run super well yet. He's kind of, He's kind of ran well for about a third of the race and then fallen off. But the dude can the dude can freaking swim and freaking ride a bike and bike, yeah. At twenty two years of age or however young that guy is, it's not usually me that gets to call people young. Um, he's he's a machine and he's going to be someone to watch out for. Yeah, definitely. Okay, there's also going to be the women's race. There's thirty five women, which that's a pretty stacked women's race as well. Um, defending champion Jeannie Seymour is racing or Jeannie Metzler now. Um, I think it's going to come down to a run between her and probably Jackie Hearing uh, after her p- p- fantastic performance in Miami taking third place. Um, someone else that's kind of been quiet that hasn't really raced a whole lot, Lauren Brandon, just celebrated her birthday. Um, she wasn't able to make it to Miami after there was a bad snowstorm in Park City um, with her flights being canceled, so I'm sure she's chomping at the bit. And then... Um, there's a couple of people moving from the college recruitment program that didn't make the Olympic triathlon squad for Team yeah. USA, so they're moving into 70.3 racing. One of those is uh, Sophie Watts, and so it's going to be really interesting to see how that ITU speed translates over for uh, a 70.3 for some of these people. 
Amazing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it... it'll be a good race. Um, I mean, I also think we should mention Heather Jackson. I know she had uh, not very good performances at Daytona and Miami, but uh, she's a true, true long course girl. And, uh, X amount of miles on her ride. I, I won't reveal how many, but uh, she's fit. Yeah, we got to leave it for the leave it for the envy video, Sam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I might have revealed too much. Um, she, yeah. <laughs> Oops. She we'll, did a great we'll, job. She did we'll, a great ride. We'll bleep yeah. that. Yeah, you got. You guys can take that little part out. I, I'm not sure yep. I'm allowed to say what I said. There. Yeah, no worries. I got you back. So yeah, there's a lot of females racing. Um, obviously, the majority of the people have done both Challenge Miami and Challenge Daytona. So. Um, there's a lot of names on here that you will, you will recognize from those races. Um, someone that you've been training with a little bit, Sam, um, you've been training with Heather, obviously, uh, Rachel Olson, Lisa, and, um, Laura Gruden, right? Yeah, yeah. Have you guys been training together, hanging out, yeah, things like that? We've all kind of been hanging out, um. Yeah, I mean, I of those, I expect Heather uh, Jackson maybe to get back in her groove. Um, yeah, I think that the added miles on the bike and run will suit her. Um, we'll see how Rachel and Lara go. Lara's kind of just in her early stages. She It's only her second 70.3, so uh, I think she's just trying to move up the ranks. Rachel is fit. She's currently struggling a little bit with a knee injury. Um she might have overdone she's it. She's a strong swimmer. I believe she's came out of the water. Yeah, she'll lead out the swim. I think she'll lead. still lead yeah. out the swim. So we'll see her lead out the swim. We'll see her push Watts on the bike. Um, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, great. There's also another race happening this weekend. Challenge Shepparton down under. Um, it's the first time this race is happening in Shepparton since 2018, where Annabelle Luxford won over Mike Phillips 2019. Uh, they moved the race to Melbourne, and Amelia Watkinson and Mike Phillips won that race. 2020 obviously was canceled for COVID, so um, they're back for another round. The course is drastically different from Geelong. It's very similar to how the race is going to be in Galveston. Uh, Very flat, very fast. Um, The swim actually is in a river, so fresh water, a little bit better for those strong swimmers like Ellie Salthouse. Um, I mean, this girl's been on a tear. Obviously, she's going to be the person to beat in Australia. Yep. her and Amelia, and then Grace Steck. Obviously, those are the three people from the podium in Geelong. So um, I would say that they're the three that are probably going to do well. The men's race, obviously, Steve McKenna, also on a really good hot streak. Um, he was scheduled to race Ironman Australia the same day as St. George. So it'll be interesting if he decides he wants to come over to America and put his name on that start list. Hmm, totally. That'd be, that'd be great, I think. I think that would be good for him just because... He's, I mean, he's, he's won a 108, he's a 108 half marathon kind of guy. So, um, I think he could be the guy to beat from Australia in the next coming, probably coming years. Yeah, no, I think he's proved, uh, right now he's, he's the guy from Australia and it's a little hard for us to say from, from this hemisphere because we haven't gotten to race any of the Aussies. So I think it's a little, they're probably thinking we're all not that fit and our races here have, have been pretty soft and we're all thinking their races there have been pretty (laughs) soft and, and they've probably both been stacked. And so it'll be, it'll be good if we can kind of match up. Do you watch those kinds of things? Like being a pro triathlete, obviously you look at results and things like that. Do you focus a lot on what is going on on the other side of the world? We try to. I mean, it's a little hard right now because if you don't know the names, like I know the names Tim Reed, Tim Van Burkle, all of kind of the established Aussies, but 
we've seen a whole bunch of new guys come out and because no one I ever know has raced them, um, it's a little like, oh, we can only compare them to a few names. While if, you know, they were racing me or really anyone from North America, I know what their level of performance is. And then I can kind of compare and say, oh, this is, this is kind of what they're doing. Yeah. Well, do we want to get into hot takes? I want to, I just, can, before this is kind of a pre hot take. But can we? I want to. I want to get Sam's opinion on a topic that we spoke about the other day with respect to the the new Asics shoes. Are you, Sam? Would you? I'm. Would you be intrigued to try them? Are those something that that you've thought about now that some fast times have been dropped in them? Or what? What's your? What are your feelings there? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll say I I actually got to touch them with my hands. Um, one yeah. of our sponsored athletes uh, showed me the pair. Um, granted, it was a much smaller shoe than than my foot size, but uh. This shoe was freaky light. The foam looked as good as the Nikes. Um, yeah. The shape of the shoe looked really good. This this would be a shoe I would absolutely want to try. I want to try. It, it was next level. Um, it, it was lighter. For the listener, lighter than Sam the does Nikes race too. in the Nikes. Yeah, I, I race in the Nike. I race in the next percents though, not the Alpha Flies. But uh, this shoe actually seemed lighter than the Nikes, and that's really saying something. Wow. Wow. Okay. So yeah. So that's that's on your radar to to get once it's available. Yep. Totally. Sweet. Okay, cool. Yeah. That was a quick answer. Thank you. Kyle, hot takes. Let's hit it. Hot takes. Uh, I got some insider information from across the pond that Lucy Charles is going to be racing the swim Olympic trials next week for the 1500. There we so, go. Right. There we go. See it. <laughs> maybe giving it a shot. We'll see how it play, pays off. Do, um, do we have any, Kyle, do we have any, I mean, I don't, I mean, are there, is she on the, does she have a chance of making the team? Do we know if this, the 1500 time is competitive or where it sits or what the, what the reality is there? We'll have to, we'll have to leave that for next week's show. Cause I didn't got, dive that too far deep into it. All right. All right. Sc- all right. Scuba Kyle. We'll let you dive into We'll let you <laughs> yeah, dive scuba, into that yeah, scuba over, Kyle. The, over the, <laughs> over the weekend. Um, my other hot take, I think I already hit on this, but I think Steve McKenna's going to be the next great Australian, um, aside from Crowey. Uh, I think he's probably going to rise through the ranks. I'm going to put... Really throw down. Yeah, I'm going to tell you somebody that's going to come pretty hot and heavy after this Olympic cycle is you're going to have to take a, another, another look at Aaron Royal. I think yeah, he'll yep. he'll be he'll be very, very competitive um, when he decides... I don't know if it's going to be this year because there's there's all of a sudden going to be a com com games coming again in 22, so he might make the relay. But when he decides to make the switch long, um, he'll be a dominant force. How so, how old is Bug? Uh, thirty or thirty one. So he is relatively young. He's just yeah, been an IT race. He's just forever. been a, yeah, but he's just he the swim he'll when he'll go to long course. I think he'll be able to to pull the swim back because he's such a good swimmer. And then he's just got so many bike kilometers and run kilometers in his legs from doing ITU. And every time he sees, he seems to tease the 70.3, um, it seems to go well for him. So yeah, he's done that's, well at Noosa. I think he's done quite well at Noosa try, right? Non-draft. Yeah, he's won, he's won Noosa five or six, five yeah, times yeah. or something. So I think when he decides to make that bump up, like he'll be, yeah. you know, I'm obviously Steve's dropping those low 70s. Those are amazing, but I think um, Aaron's going to have something to say in that category too. Love it. Uh, another battle we're looking forward to is going to be the Zwift battle with uh, Anthony Costas and Lionel Sanders at 70.3 St. George. Sam, are you excited to really show it to Anthony that those Zwift, uh, those Zwift watts aren't as, as high as he thinks they are? Yeah, 
I don't even think this deserves a hot take. I'll be completely honest. The dude's gonna get absolutely smashed. PTN, bro, you heard it. There we go. From Sam Long's mouth. See, yeah. Sam came Sam, here. do you Sam? have a hot take? <laughs> um, yeah, I'll get your guys' hot take. Me or Lionel this weekend, um, you can throw shade at me. That's totally cool. Give me, give me the take. Sam, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm way too biased. I know Kyle is too. It just seems to be that the energy around Lionel seems to be really positive, and I don't think it's a secret that, you know, Norm. There was times in the past where he'd throw out his game plan and really change it up after every race. And I would say if we graded Lionel after Miami, uh, I have to give. It's tough not to give him an A after Miami. I guess how would you grade his performance in Miami? Ah. Uh... Miami was pretty good. Yeah, Miami was pretty good. I think he'll be stronger here. Um, I think Miami yeah. was still early season race. I don't think yep. the bike course suited him. I, I, let me put it this way. I think he's going to be a lot more, a, a much harder competitor at this race than Miami because yeah. I don't think he was able to show his power on the bike um, in the way that he wanted to. And, and at yeah. Galveston, there's no doubt that he will. So I agree. Yeah. He, he went I all Miami. He's going better now. He's going to be very, very hard to beat. I agree yeah, with you I, guys. I, I think that unless, I mean, you know, the bike could do something crazy, whether it's a head, if it's a headwind out, tailwind back type of scenario. I know how it's like, if you guys are in a headwind scenario, a guy like yourself is gonna, you're gonna be able to play Pac-Man with a bunch of dudes in front of you post swim and find some motivation and that's gonna propel you forward. And I, I just, I see, I see a world where you really, really dominate on, on the bike and we just have to see what happens on the run. Yeah, exactly. I want this to happen. I want Lionel and Sam to come off the bike together and Sam to really give the crowd a little pump up like he did with Rudy <laughs> Bumberg through the through the through the grandstand. That's what I want to have happen. Is there gonna be anybody watching the race? I mean there it, that's the only thing that I'm a little bit there you're gonna be you're gonna be pumping up uh, mailboxes, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, it's I have Texas, a baby. <laughs> it's the Wild West. So that's yeah, true, the, that's the true, antelope that. and the armadillos, I'll be pumping up. I'll be pumping up someone no matter what. But uh yeah. I mean the other thing is what a shame what a shame there's no as far as I'm aware of, all we're gonna have to follow this race yeah. is the lousy Iron Man tracker. You're just gonna see names, not yeah. not the actual battle unfold, which uh is a shame because it's gonna be a great race. It's gonna be a great race, yeah. Very awesome. cool. Well, Sam, do you wanna leave us with some last words? Yeah, just thanks so much for having me on. Um, you know me, you probably got to know me a bit now. Um, I don't mind controversy. I don't mind talking about things. Um, if you have an opinion, it's fine to let me know, and, and I like to clear it up. So thank you guys for having me. No worries. Thanks for joining us on this week's podcast. We'll be back next week to talk about how things went at 70.3 Texas, uh, also at Challenge Shepparton. Uh, thanks for Sam joining us this week. I know it was uh, it's kind of crazy this week to get ready, get fired up for a race. So glad we could help you get there. Yeah, totally. And, and I guess one other thing, uh, send people to my YouTube, Going Long with Sam Long. There'll be a, uh, a video out coming out one day before this comes out. So tomorrow morning, Thursday, and this comes out Friday, I believe. 